inner circle, inner circle, inner circle. Welcome, everybody, to the Inner Circle Podcast Network presentation of The Slimmer Circle. What's good, everybody? My name is Jason Almy. I'm joined by my wife, Christina Almy. Hey, everyone. Hey. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's board certified and licensed to practice medical nutrition therapy, which means she's smarter than all of us, at least when it comes to nutrition. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a master's student in nutrition science at the University of New Hampshire. I say all that to say that we are credible with the topics that we are going to discuss. I also want to mention uh, that this show is brought to you by Almy Be Well, a private nutrition and dietetics practice with several specialties, including weight loss, uh, diabetes management, pre- and post-op bariatric surgery, uh, amongst a few other things. Uh, The internet has a lot of nutrition information. There's a lot of so-called experts out there. Uh, There's a lot of articles on on HuffPo. There's there's just a lot of crap out there that you got to sift through. But if you've got a legitimate medical condition, something like Crohn's or diabetes, if you've got heart disease, if you use prescription medications, uh, the wrong advice could be a waste of time or worse, it, it could actually hurt you. So uh, consulting a licensed professional is the best way to make sure that you're receiving health advice and nutrition education that's evidence-based. It's based on studies. It's based on research. Uh, it's accepted by the medical community. So go to almybewell.com or email Christina. That's Christina with a C-H. Christina at almybewell.com to learn more. So, Christina, um, I know you've heard me talk about Kaz. This is Kaz. Hi, Kaz. Hi, Christina. Nice to finally meet you. Likewise. I mentioned that he is also married to a Christina. I am. Oh, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got married in 2016, and we didn't really start dating until like 20, late 2012, 2013. So we knew each other I for a couple years. I wasn't interested. <laughs> Just That's kidding. hilarious. You know, yeah, I'm gonna leave this dude on for a couple years, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She finally decided to settle. Awesome, man. She made a great. She made a great choice. You're a hilarious, dude. In this case, her settling was the right move. Right. <laughs> People on the internet are gonna hear this, Christina. You know, they're gonna think I took you by force. I just funny. wore her down. I just wouldn't leave her alone until. She was like, okay, fine. You fed me coffee and donuts. Hey, I did feed you a coffee and donuts. Yeah. It's the way to my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I, I mean, we waited seven years before we got married. Everybody was like, dude, like, what are you guys waiting on? Yeah. We were, we got married on a cruise and everybody was like, how long have you guys been together? Seven years. What? What mm-hmm. took you so long, Fernando? Yeah, they went off on me. So check this out, man. I, I just got back from the gym. I was, you know, I went and I got, like, I, I, uh, Told you earlier, a little fasted workout, hadn't ate, haven't eaten nothing yet. Well, I mean, I just had a my little protein shake, them little shakes you get at Costco and stuff like that. Yeah. I like those little protein premiere. They have like 30 grams of protein. Anyways, Work. so I, I did my weigh-in real quick, right? Yeah. So this week, I, I came in at 302.6. Okay. okay. I feel like that's what we're going to get into today is like talking about your weight and like how you've been and plateaus and shit like that yeah well that's that's what i wanted to tell you that's why i was bringing it up because last week i weighed 305.80 and yeah i I have all the i have all the the weigh-ins like throughout each week and i'm just i'm just going to read them off to you so you can check these out okay okay we started at 301.6 okay basically 302 that was my weigh-in on on the week week we started 
Yeah. Um, 301.2 the next week. 301.0 <laughs> the following week. So you see it was like 0.4 the first week, 0.2 the next week, yeah. right? Then I got to 299.2. Okay, and I was Hell super yeah. excited. I got under I 300. I was like, yeah, there I go. I was feeling myself. I was having a good time. And then, you know, I think the next week, uh, let me see. The next week, 298. So that was another pound, 0.2 that came down. But uh, it was that week, bro. I don't know what happened that I got frustrated because I was only losing like, you know, single pound, not even full pounds at a time that I decided to have myself a cheat day on a Sunday, like after my weigh in. And then next thing you know, I think the cheat day turned into a cheat week because the next weigh in was 311. Really? 311. Damn. What is that? That from 298 to 311, that's 13 pounds. Yeah. How, how is that possible? <laughs> I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, such a thing is possible, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, that shit does happen. Yeah. So one thing that comes up for me, we don't know what kind of, like what your method is of losing weight if right. you're restricting carbs or anything. But like when you gain that amount, it, what comes up for me is um, obviously a pretty solid calorie surplus. And if you were restricting carbs and now you're eating carbs, that would immediately put weight back on too. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly kind of what happened, if I'm not mistaken. That week, like I said, the cheat day that turned into a cheat week, during that week, I remember started with some tacos on Sunday. So obviously I, I introduced some uh, some uh, uh, corn tortillas into the mix. And, and I, I will say during that first month, that entire first month and maybe a week, a couple weeks, I, I was doing like, I guess I could call it my own modified version of keto. You know what I mean? I was doing my best to stay away from as much sugar and as much carbs as I possibly could. Definitely sugar, because I'm that's my biggest downfall. My body yeah. is made by sugar, bro. It's, it's, it's sodas and and Snickers bars and Twixes and Twinkies and mm. and toaster strudels, bro. They'll, they'll, that's the stuff, bro. That to me, that's the stuff that made me the way I am throughout these years. You know, I I, I can give up a lot of other stuff, but when it's come to like soda and sweets, that's always been tough. But this entire month, I did just that. I really did do just that. And like you said, yeah, that week, I introduced some tacos. I think we went to the movies that week, so I had buttered popcorn. Mm. And then I think two nights in a row, <laughs> I think two nights in a row, we, we, may, we may have had spaghetti. With oh, like red, with like red. I think we tried the wheat pasta, but I mean, regardless, you know, I know, it, I know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I know what happened. And the crazy thing was, I really felt like like I had let myself down. But here, really looking at those numbers now, it's like even though it was just a, a half yeah. pound at a time, a pound at a time, I was actually doing good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Christina, what, what's, a, what's a healthy rate of weight loss for each week? Anywhere half a pound to two pounds a week. Is considered good. Mm-hmm. That's it's yeah. healthy. healthy. It's not, yeah. yeah. And that's what's um, when you lose at that rate um, – you know, it's hard to lose weight, as most of us know, and sustain it. You know, you'll lose weight, you'll gain and lose weight, um, et cetera. It's harder to sustain a large rate of weight loss. So if you're losing five pounds a week, et cetera, the research supports that that's even harder to sustain than if you lose it at half a pound to two pounds a week. Right. So you yeah. were losing at a beautiful rate. Yeah, you were really doing quite good. 
yeah. I was. Of course, not as fast as you want to see. Yeah, and that's what, doing a good job. I'm sorry. And yeah, and that's what's crazy is like, you know, when I went back up to 311 and then the following week down to 305, that was more weight than I had lost within that whole, you know, month and two weeks within the one week. But I mean, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with, you know, like you said, introducing the carbs back. And so what happened there? How'd you go from 311? What'd you do to your eating? I just start, I got back on track with it. I cut out uh, all carbs pretty much or as, as much carbs as possible. I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. I feel like I was doing a good job of keeping it under 20 to 30 carbs per day. You know, oh, so you were pretty much so. Like, keto. what was what was like a, kind of, a regular yeah. day for you prior to the week where you gained? Because you had four consecutive weeks of loss, right? So yeah. you had, um, you were really like proceeding, progressing in a kind of a linear fashion downward. It was good mm-hmm. before the week where you rebounded and and went back to three eleven. Um, what was like a typical day's worth of eating like for you? What did that look like? What type of foods? How much? That type of thing. I was using my um my fitness, my fitness pal. And I was trying to, I was doing my best to calculate as much as possible. You know, there was times where it was a little hard to judge things. If we would go to mod pizza and I got the salad over there, you know, what the guy serves you as comparison to what's inside the, the, the fitness pal, you know, you got to do your best judgment. But honestly, I remember kind of, you guys were talking about, um, when you try to figure out your macros and figure out how much you're supposed to be eating yeah. somewhere in there, I, I had found out that it was like, you know, uh, 2,800 to 3000 calories to sustain myself, I guess, just to keep normal. So then what, you know, you try to go 500 down to be within a deficit. So I was trying mm-hmm. to keep my days within 2000 to 2,500. That sounds like a good number for you. Right. That's what I was kind of thinking. You know, I'm just going to round you to 300 right now. I know your age. I won't announce it on the radio. Oh, you're good, bro. I'm 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 one of the youngest looking forties you're gonna see. <laughs> ah, well, okay. I'll let you say it instead of me. I don't. It's all like, good. It's all good. Old, old man, shame you. I mean, I'm, we're right behind you. Only a couple of years right behind you. So I'm using a Mifflin Saint Jour calculator. I mentioned uh, Christine and I actually mentioned the Mifflin Saint Jour equation last week, yes. and I included in my Twitter post for everybody hearing this. I included in my Twitter post a link to a Mifflin St. Jour based uh, calorie calculator. And so when I punched your info in just now, Kaz, it's got you at a BMR of about 2264. So that's 2264 daily calories. However, that's at like a pretty, like no real extra exercise. So that doesn't include going to the gym for an hour or, or like running or jogging or anything like that. Correct. And it also is not accounting for any desired weight loss. So that's a maintenance calories. Okay. And whenever whenever you hear people like Christine and I say maintenance calories, we mean this is how much it's going to cost or this is how much you need to eat in order to sustain your current weight. Right. And for people who want to lose weight, they need to eat below their maintenance calories. So okay. um, how do you feel about that caloric goal for Kaz just spitballing 2264? Do you feel like that's kind of appropriate for him? Well, he was just saying that... He was cutting 500 calories, which would cost give him a deficit. So that would what, what would be like 1700. That might yeah, be that's a little about bit light. I mean, you could even do anywhere 1700 to 2000 should be a deficit plus yeah. any activity you're doing. Right. Yeah. So the, the activity helps to create a deficit as well. Um, so that high levels of activity. How many times a week are you going to the gym? I know you're going at least a couple. You know, I've been pretty consistent about doing um, the gym 
even if I just, even if it's just a go lift, I do that definitely three days a week. Nice. I try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I split it up. And in the nice. days in between, I do cardio here at the house. And that's okay. at least, that's at, that's at least a half hour every day. But when I'm at the gym, I do at least I'm there for almost two hours. I do like wow. I warm up for like five minutes. Then I've been doing a lot of uh, weights, free weights. I have a good, like I have three different uh, little uh, workouts. I have a push day, pull day and leg day, which is what okay. I did today. And yeah, man, it, t- it takes me about a good, you know, um, hour, 15 minutes to get that out the way. And then after that, I try to do at least an additional 15 minutes of cardio and then 15 minutes in the sauna. That's like been my regimen, like for the past uh, couple weeks. Cause I've seen how nice it's working for Wutsky's ass. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need, to, I need to get in on some of this melting the, 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 the weight off that he's doing, you know, dude, he's trying to frost his snowman, his own ass. Oh man. No, but he's doing good, man. I'm ha- I'm proud of him. I'm happy for everybody. That's, that's doing real good right now. You know? Yeah, we are for sure too. And that's why, you know, we want to, we want to help bust you past this plateau, man. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've identified a lot of what occurred in the previous week where you rebounded. So, um, if I may, Christina, like, um, the concept of a cheat meal, do you have thoughts on cheat meal versus cheat day versus cheat week? I mean, do you have any thoughts on, I, I had, I was a bodybuilder. So that's, that was a eating pattern that I followed during my bodybuilding years was right. to eat very clean most of the time. And then I would have the occasional cheat meal. Christina, I think you endorse a 90, 10 rule. Do you want to tell our audience about the 90, 10 rule? Yeah. Um, so 90, 10 is just where 90% of the time you're eating, um, you know, within your goals, you're focusing on eating for really like health, nutrition, weight loss, et cetera. And then 10% of the time you can have a treat or you just eat something that is more ca- maybe calorie dense, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think you found out what happens if you have a cheat week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it got out of hand bro for real yeah. i don't know i don't know what happened that week but it just got out yeah. of hand and, and i suffered for it yeah. it sounds like the cheat week kind of inverts the 90 10 rule where it's like 90 percent of the time i was eating whatever the fuck i wanted and then 10 percent of the time i was eating good but if you do that math like the 90 10 rule works out really well if you do that math if you think i eat three meals a day i mean this is just for the sake of doing math so Seven days out of the week, I'm going to eat 21 meals over the course of a week. If I make 90% of those meals good, clean meals, that's 18 meals that are okay. It's either 18 or 19. I think 90% of 21 is is maybe it rounds up to 19. Regardless, that gives you two meals out of the week where you can kind of have fun with those meals. You can have the pizza or the spaghetti or like, you know, whatever you like. Yeah. But then it kind of gives you like a real number to go by to say, okay, this week, I'm going to allow myself two days, maybe like Saturday night, date night. That'll be one meal. We'll go get a pizza or whatever the wife feels like. Mm. And then another meal can be like, I'm in a hurry. So I'm just going to do like a quick cheeseburger somewhere, a quick uh, something in the microwave. So, you know, you can still apply that 90-10 math to however many meals that you typically eat or are expecting to eat. And then you kind of know going into the week, I'm allowed to have two cheats. Right. But the cheat day. I kind of have, but I would, I would argue a little bit with that too. I was going to say before you kept going there that I have a patient that, um, (laughs) she was, she's lost like 70 pounds and then she came to me, she hit a plateau and she couldn't figure out what the struggle was, 
or she couldn't figure out how to tweak what she's doing. And she was having a meal once a week where she was going like a thousand calories or so over her mm. calorie goal. Okay. And she was having pizza and beer. And wow. we it's a lot of calories. And we substituted out um her pizza for a healthier version of a pizza. And she's act and she's been able to give I mean, we did some other things, like we tweaked her macros a little bit and um she actually wasn't eating quite enough. Um, but you know, so it all depends. You gotta see how your body responds. You know, sometimes if you I, I think with the cheat meal, if you go way over your caloric need, you can totally just, you can get rid of all of the benefit that you've had that week. Derailed, like I did to myself. Yeah. yeah. You can derail and you can also <laughs> just get rid of your, your deficit. Like, so if yeah. you go really ham on your meal and you, you know, you just <laughs> eat a ton of calories, well then you're undoing all the hard work you did. So I think my two cents is if you're going to have a cheat meal, you still got to keep it, keep it in check. Like yeah, you keep can't it with just go reason. have 4,000 calories. Yeah. So you can enjoy some more indulgent foods, but you still got to keep the calories, the fat, all of that within reason, or it's going to set you back. I think that's the fundamental reason why I disagree in principle with a cheat day. And I, a lot of times I do hear people talk about a cheat day. And I think that, um, just based on physiology, you know, every person is limited in terms of how much they can eat in any one sitting. And some people are quite good at eating a lot in, in a single sitting, but mm-hmm. everyone is going to be limited by the size of their stomach. Uh, quite literally, the size of that organ will, will limit how much you can eat in a single meal. So I like the idea of a cheat meal. I don't like the idea of a cheat day because, as Christina said, you can knock out a deficit and you want to be at a daily deficit of three to 500 calories per day. Right. And, it's, and if that's, so you know there's seven days a week. So let's say I do a 500 calorie day, uh, day deficit for seven days of the week. That's a 3,500 calorie day, uh, or excuse me, 3,500 calorie deficit for that week. Mm. It's that's so easy. That's, that's, that's pizza and beer. Pound. That's a pound, right? Yeah, yeah that's a pound. Calories but what I'm pound. saying, though, is that you could kill your whole deficit for a week totally. with a single cheat day. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're Even like wings meal. and pizza Even a cheat meal. Yeah. You can knock it well, out. You'd have to do four. You'd have to do four thousand extra calories in that cheat meal beyond what you. But even still, some people are impressive. Some people are impressive. You're impressive. You know, the one thing that has been I, I feel like has been working for me is um I, I forgot to mention this in the beginning is I have been doing the intermittent fasting. Okay. This whole time. And I'd never done it before. So I that as the slimmer circle started that first week, that's when I started it. And I started to do my window from, uh, I want to say like sometimes two to two to 10. I don't know if I, I think I was doing more of a 16, eight, you know what I mean? But basically okay. I have been kind of bringing myself down to about two meals a day, you know? Okay. So that's so, that another thing I, for, I kind of forgot to mention. How do you feel like that's, how do you feel like that's been working for you? I mean, I do you like think it's that been helping? I feel like it's definitely been helping because it takes after like, you know, after 10 o'clock hits, it's like, okay, that's it. Like, it's just me and you water. That's it. Like there's no, uh, there's no snacking. There's no anything. It, it kind of is, it's been making it easier for me because it's like, I've never okay. done intermittent fasting. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well give it a shot during this whole slimmer circle challenge and really see, you know, if, 
if that's the way for me, you know. And I feel like I yeah. feel like it has been working, you know. But like I said, I, there's there's other. I think there's other things, and this is the other part. Remember, I was telling you like like how you feel about the whole insulin situation is because it was a, a few years, not maybe a few years back, but a good amount of years back that I was I did have a fatty liver, you know. Okay. And I did my best to take care of it, but I think that throughout the years it's kind of come back. It never really occurred to me about what was going on with my liver until I seen this video where dude was talking. And it's the only time I'd ever heard somebody mention a fatty liver along with pain in your right shoulder. Okay. You you heard about that? Like if if you do have a fatty liver, it can have uh, shoulder pain, but only on Mm -hmm. the right side. See, and for a long time here, I was thinking it was something that I did lifting. But when I injured myself last year, there was like an eight-month period that I didn't go to the gym. I still had that shoulder pain. So when I heard somebody mention that, I was like, oh, man, okay. So then I started looking into it just a little bit more about – you know, I guess one of the biggest issues right now is is people have uh, what do you call it? The insulin resistance. Yes, that's a real thing. I feel yeah. like you know, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at, and I feel like that's what that's why my my body's moving so slow is because I'm trying to, you know, do or I'm trying to you know reverse damage I've done you know, throughout these years. And now that I'm an older dude, it's it's not as easy as it was when I was 25, 30. You know, so. I, I think that that's really what it boils down to, man. Like, I think that that week and seeing those numbers fluctuate and then really, really, really uh, uh, understanding that what I was doing during that first month was good, you know, that yeah. I, I just really got inside my own head. Cause remember I said, I was like, I was like, Jason, I, I need you, I need to get on this show with you. I need you to save me from myself because, you know, for that, that, that week, it was just, it was, it was very, it was just in my head a lot. It was very mind boggling and it was just, it was disappointing and it was just, you know, it was a lot of feelings involved with it. So that's why I think that it turned from a cheat day into a cheat week. You know, I started to just eh, not really care for us for a little bit, of, you know, but you know, yeah. I'm back on it, man. And I realized that, you know, there's the things aren't working inside the way that they do, but you know, I'm trying to fix all that. I think what you mentioned was pretty important because I think a lot of folk folks really focus on like the nuts and bolts, the science, the doing all the math. Like I just spit out a whole bunch of figures that were all doing the math on 90% of clean meals every week is 19 meals and all this stuff. Honestly, you can know all of that, but then like the, the emotional and the psychological component towards reducing your weight is really, it's the biggest part. It's, it's like knowing is half the battle, but maybe knowing is only, 40% 40% of the battle and the other 60% is the behavioral aspect. And that's yeah. actually a big thing for Christina is the, the motivational interviewing using behavior modification to try to help people is not always about telling people what to do or educating them on what's good, what's bad. I think, you know, kind of, you know, you, you mentioned the sugars mm-hmm. and the, the candies and the sweets and stuff that you eat and other processed refined carbohydrates. So it's not like I need to get on the horn with you and tell you, oh yeah, did you know pasta is not good to eat a pound of it at dinner? You know, so it's like you already know (laughs) the next step is then trying to figure out like your motivations, your cues, et cetera, and like work with yourself psychologically. So does that, does any of that stuff, like how do you feel, Christina, about um, like Kaz's emotional response to his weight loss during the first few weeks? We both told him he was doing good losing weight, but he still felt kind of discouraged when he was hitting that 298. Um, I think it's, 
It's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think weight loss, as you said, Kaz, which you've experienced and you're saying it's very emotional and, you know, our weight is very personal. What we eat is very personal mm-hmm. and where, where we're at because of, you know, a habitual, our habits, everything, you know, food is just so personal and we often eat for reasons other than because I'm hungry. You know, there's a million reasons outside of hunger that we actually eat. And so to like break it down and kind of get in front of it, it's, you know, it's a process and it's a slow process and it's slower than most every human being wants it to be. But, you know, slow and steady and listening to your body and um, even just reflecting on what happened, like why, what happened, what led you to that week, Mm -hmm. you know, you can learn so much information and kind of in a positive way, move forward from it. Like I know what happened, what triggered me, why, why I went where I went. And now you're more experienced, like moving forward on your journey. But yeah, yeah, our habits are a huge thing. Is there something that he can do to like, when you hear that voice, that's like, Oh man, why am I bothering with this? I'm not losing weight fast enough. Can we can we give him and our audience maybe like a tip for how to how do you respond to that voice when you're feeling discouraged about weight loss? Well, let's put that back on cast. So I, I think because um, it's so individual, um, you know, when you start feeling that way, how did you get out of it? I mean, you know, when it boils down to it, like you said, because because I've been big my whole life, you know, it is it's a different it's a different story when you are overweight, like your entire life, you know what I'm saying? When you've been struggling forever, Mm -hmm. I think, I think the last time I was ever skinny was probably maybe seventh grade. And then from there on, I was just a chubby dude, like all throughout high school, you know, everything. I've always been a big dude. There was a period. Now check this out. This, there was a great period in my life where I turned 18 I had broken up with a girlfriend of mine who I had been with for like three years. So that motivation right there. So you lost like 150 pounds right there. Dude, I lost 100 pounds. I went from 260 to 160. I looked so skinny. It was crazy. No, I'm saying and, dumping her was like that. You lost 150 <laughs> pounds right there. <laughs> right. One day, one afternoon. You're like, see ya. Right. How did you lose the weight? You know what? During that time, it was all about. To me, it was all about low fat at that time. That was the mm-hmm. fat, I think, during those during those yeah. days. So I watched what I ate. I made sure that everything I ate was kind of low fat. And then I ran two miles a day, and I did a bunch of sit-ups and just push-ups at the house. Like, I didn't have a gym membership during that period. It was literally just a treadmill at the house and, you know, and, and just watching, kind of watching what I ate, you know? And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was crazy, man. It was like a, there was like a three year period where I was a single dude that was skinny. Ooh, buddy, <laughs> so, buddy. What, so what happened? Like what, what then after three years? Oh, well then after that, I started dating and like getting more serious with the, the girls I was with. I had a girlfriend after that for like a year and a half. And then after that one is a little while later is when I met my wife. So, so then from there, we just kind of put weight on together. Like we, cause we both love food, you know, yeah. we love food. I mean, and then plus, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been, you know, to Tucson or the Southwest region, but we got some of the best Mexican food you've ever mm-hmm. had in your life. Dude, for real. You know, we, we just, as we fell in love, we, you know, food was our thing too. 
Plus, we smoke out together and shit, so that kind of you know adds a little bit to it. Yeah. So, I don't think that's uncommon with couples that you know you kind of settle in, you nest, and both people in the relationship gain a little bit of weight. So, oh, yeah. I think you know your motivation can't be that you're single and you're trying to attract women because you're married and you're <laughs> a different person now than yeah, you were no. when you were when you were twenty, when you were eighteen, nineteen, twenty. It was different. You yeah. wanted to look a certain way because you wanted to be confident, feel confident uh, talking to women and feel attractive to them. But I think now it's sort of like, what is, what does losing weight mean to you now? Like, what is, why, why do it now? Oh, now it's just, it's just about being here, man. Now it's more about being here. There's down here. I mean, cause you know, like I said, we, we do have some of the best Mexican food, but that, that is bad if that's all you eat is Mexican food. And we got a lot of overweight dudes out here. I know a lot of people that have like cousins that are like my age, my build, everything. These dudes are all dying from strokes mm. and heart attacks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like, no, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, I really do know what I need to do. I just need to like, just stick with it. And, and I feel like having that little bump in the road right there, it was, it was, it was really eye opening for me, yeah. especially yeah. in the midst of this whole yeah. little challenge thing like that. So I'm very thankful that it kind of went down and then, you know, I, yeah, better to get the roadblocks out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like you just said, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, Christina and I don't exist. I mean, we don't make this podcast because we think that people don't know what a carbohydrate is. I think so much of, of what we do professionally, Christina, you're feel free to agree or disagree, please agree. But um, (laughs) what we do professionally, so much of it is trying to work with people in terms of what you said, the emotional response, like knowing what to do, but having the, the, the right, like uh, emotional psychological approach. What do yeah. you think, Christine? I mean, I know you're a big believer in like behavior modification, motivational mm-hmm. interviewing type techniques, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, why is that stuff important? Well, and I think it's like you're saying, you know what to do is you just got to do it. But whenever you're changing habits, it's so difficult. It requires a lot of mental energy and you're, you have all these ingrained habits that are just automatic, require no energy. Mm. And now you're trying to create these new habits mm. that until you habituate to them or, or repeat, 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 it's going to be difficult. Um, and so I think one of the, if you want to tip, like if you were asking for a tip, tip, Jason, yeah. like I think it's starting to understand what your triggers are, what your cues okay. are. So like if you know one of your favorite foods um, is you, you said several. Um, what's your What's your favorite? Chicken wings, bro. Chicken wings. Chicken okay. wings. Okay, yeah. so so if we were to walk through it, um, maybe it's it's knowing um, what like what triggers a craving. Um, is it something emotional? Is it Friday? Is it? I mean, is it just any any time you'd be down. Um, but Pretty much, is yeah. there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So it's understanding like why you're craving it, um, it's and and then and then trying to minimize your triggers, try to minimize the cues to um, get like make you want to have the wings. So you're so you like almost start changing your routine a little bit. Yeah. So it's, which is part of your lifestyle, right? You got to change the lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Sustain any changes. Yeah. Um, and then you also got to find a good equivalent replacement um so if you're craving wings is there something else like what about the wings do you like is it the sauce 
Is it the the chicken? Is it whatever it is? And then can you find something that's a little healthier to replace it that will satisfy your craving, but then you'll walk away feeling like, okay, I did, you know, I don't feel bad about that. Well, the the, the last thing that you said though is finding a suitable, uh, a suitable substitute because we know that we can't eat whatever we want, whenever we want, and still expect to have good health uh, as a result. So I know that sometimes I'm going to have to not eat the pizza or the wings or whatever that I want, but replacing pizza with a salad is not like the two things are not very similar. So it's like, can I do something like, what is it about the pizza? Is it the saltiness? Is it the cheese? Is it the tomato sauce? And is there a way that I can still kind of enjoy those flavors and or textures in a much lower calorie package and not just like, well, let me suck it up and eat sand or you know like you can't just say well like oh kaz i know you love chicken wings but don't eat that shit only eat salad bro it's not helpful at all to give someone that type of advice and we don't do that in our practice and so like writing the stuff down you know my fitness pal is great i don't know if there's somewhere that you can also kind of log um like notes or just have somewhere on your phone yeah. or something like yeah. it's like almost being your own detective. Like why am I acting or why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? What can I do about it? How can I minimize this exposure? And then what can I have instead? Yeah. So I think that's a, another great tip for, for you listeners as well. I mean, I want people who listen to the show to walk away with these little tips that they can do, but um, we've mentioned on this show journaling your food before, mm-hmm. and I think that's good because that's how you know that you're eating the right amount, that you're you're getting the right amount of things like fat, carbohydrate, proteins, etc. But I think what Christina just touched on too is a little bit of almost a little bit of like journaling. In addition to writing down the numbers, write a sentence or two about like how you were feeling when you ate that, what happened right before you ate that, especially if it's like a cheat, if you, if you slip up, if you fall back into an old habit, it's like, well, what happened there? Like, why did I do this? Yeah. And that's a good, easy tip that people can walk away with this week. If you eat strategize what to do and do the next time you're in that same situation. So it's like, you're becoming your own detective and you're also figuring out what can you do instead? Yeah, it's a level of self-awareness that I think is really key for people staying on track because as we all know, losing a substantial amount of weight is a really long-term process. So it really does require discipline yeah. over many months, set possibly. Set yourself up for success. Yeah, yeah. so you got to set yourself up for success. Yeah, it's definitely a lifestyle change. I'm like, I'm like mm-hmm. my detective ass, I, I figured it out. The, the cheat week turned into a cheat day, turned into a cheat week. I got greedy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's what happened. And it's easy, I think, when you're dieting to feel deprived. So when you, when you do have an opportunity, it's like, I got to get it all in right now. Cause I'm not going to be able to again, but you do have to try to do a little self-talk as well. I, I get that mentality, especially when I was bodybuilding. I was like, I got to fit everything into one cheat. Cause I don't know when I'm going to get to have a cheat meal again. And it was almost like my last meal. Like they were going to walk me awful. over the gas chamber. It was so awful. Yeah. But it's like, oh, now that I'm not, I'm not following a, a dietary pattern like that anymore. I, I find that I'm a little bit, I'm able to approach the the less healthy food a little bit more healthfully. It's not like this is my one opportunity. I got to squeeze it all in. It's more like I can have a little bit now and then in a few more days, I'll be free to have a little bit more. So you need to like make sure that you're not feeling overly deprived because I think the when you bounce back from that, it's like, okay, I'm eating everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you have to allow yourself a little bit but then you have to use that discipline to say, okay, 
not let this turn into a whole cheat day, a whole cheat week, because it snowballs. I mean, right. it's like uh, the snowball in the cartoons where it yeah. just gets bigger and bigger as it rolls downhill. <laughs> and then there's almost like a, an inertia there that makes it even harder to stop. And then people see that they regain weight. And getting back to the emotional side of things, it can be very, very discouraging for people to work so hard for four or five weeks to regain it all in one week. Oh. That's when people give up and we don't want anyone giving up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the story. That's, that's the, I'm that, uh, what do you call it? I'm, I'm that test that happened with them. I'm that subject of, of the, of the slimmer circle thing that, that happened to, you know, but yeah, I, I feel like for a while there, I kind of thought that it was more of a 50, 50 balance, like, okay, 50%, you know, diet, 50% working out. So I'm like, you know, D- DJ century get in my head every now and then. Cause he's like, I eat what I want. He's like, but I just work out every day, you know, and I'm just going to get big and burly and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. yeah, that's you that don't work for me. And he's likely more either in a maintenance or he's trying, if he's trying to gain muscle, him being more in a surplus, yeah. would likely benefit and he if he's working out a lot he likely has you know a, quite the layer of muscle yeah yeah he's he's he's, he's pretty swole he's pretty swole yeah. he definitely lifts and i'm not gonna lie dude and this is probably bad but i'm not gonna lie i i hit i hit the 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 joint real quick before i go inside because i love lifting while i'm stoned is that bad um i don't know that that actually produces any negative effects on on muscle like physiologically i think i have read online a lot of folks actually do like getting a little high before lifting a lot of folks have anecdotally reported that they uh feel like the workout's better the contractions are better Mm -hmm. i I mean the good thing about having a little bit of weed before lifting versus like having a drink or something (laughs) there's no calories in marijuana right so you're not you're not screwing your diet over by hitting a joint yeah I, I, I don't know. I mean, for myself, I was never very good at like lifting. If I was, I always wanted to be like 100% mentally there, but also like, I don't smoke near as much as you. I never in my, like in my younger years, whatever, like I did not, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I did not do what you do, you know? So I love my sativas, man. It's kind of, it's kind of, they're, they're, they're kind of mind broadening sometimes. And when I'm working on like my graphics and stuff like that, do you'd be surprised on some of the crazy shit? I mean, I know for a fact, if I had to quit tomorrow, I could do it, but I don't have to because I'm, I am my own boss. So, you know what I mean? But, but, but yeah, I mean, and and that's me, that is me. I have, I've always been uh, more of a, of a smoker than a drinker. I really don't drink like hardly. It's gotta be like a special occasion like this tomorrow. We're going to go see JLo in Phoenix. I might have a a Michelob Ultra. I don't know, (laughs) you know, but I don't, I don't want to drink like too much because I I hate that, that thought just hearing people tell you drinking your calories, it, I might yeah. as well have had a soda and I would have enjoyed the soda more than the beer itself. Cause like I said, I'm not a drinker, but yeah, know, put a, put a soda in front of me. And, I, I definitely think in terms of weight loss, you're probably better off with marijuana than not that I endorse for any listeners, not that I endorse. <laughs> I mean, it's not yeah. like that's good for you, but I'm, I'm saying that if you, if you drink a lot, it's very difficult to lose weight. Yeah. If you smoke a lot, it's not quite the same because you're not taking in calories. I would say the caveat there is if you're if you're habituated to like smoking and then ordering a pizza. Oh yeah, then, no, no, that's not me. I'm not one of those like, yeah. hey man, like I got the munchies, bro. Nah, nah, I'm a I'm a professional stoner. I'm a professional stoner. I'm I'm glad that you're a real professional. Like Christina mentioned, like people have triggers, and if that's a trigger for a listener out there, 
you may want to reevaluate that particular trigger. But that's true. I mean, if you just in terms of smoking and then going to the gym, I think you're probably fine. I, you know, it's on the ballot. It should be legal out here, like very, very soon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, okay. I'm excited about that. But yeah, good. I'm, I'm trying not to air out your spot. All right, it's all good. I mean, dude, you know, the hood diner, people know that that's what, 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 what happens on the hood diner. I don't know if you listened to the newest episode, poor DJ century. He, we were about an hour in and he, he, he just couldn't handle it. It was kind of hot. That's what I heard, he had man. a couple beers and he was smoking a little bit and he was like, I, I gotta go, bro. And he just left. He went and laid Damn. down. So I had to finish Damn. off the rest of the podcast with the, with the, the guest, but I did all right. I did all right. That's been known to happen in the inner circle. I happened a little <laughs> bit when we went to New Jersey, unfortunately, Christine and I witnessed. I heard. I hate nah. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that situation. We saw some shit go down. Bobby Light and Chris Wutsky could not handle it. And uh they both had to Bobby Light had to leave halfway through the live the live show. He oh, just man. looked at me, he was like, dude, I gotta bounce, man. Tell, <laughs> tell Adam I said I said later. <laughs> He's like, I got a spaceship to catch. I'll be back. Yeah, he he hopped on his spaceship and was out. So the last thing I want to mention, we could wrap this thing up, but the last thing I want to mention is that like um we were talking about journaling some of your food and like journaling how you feel about some of the things that you eat. Like if somebody falls off, like what was going on, what happened, et cetera. Um, the one other thing that I would mention is that you're probably getting, you're probably benefiting from being in the slimmer circle contest is the accountability Mm -hmm. and being able to talk to people. And so for our audience out there, I just want to recommend, like if you're trying to go about losing weight, and it can be very difficult having somebody to talk to, having a friend who's trying to do it with you or a spouse, um, or even like a professional dietitian. I mean, we got to toot our own horn a little bit over here. Oh yeah. You know, you can get in touch with somebody, a professional, even somebody at Almy Be Well. You can hit Christina uh, with a ch Christina at AlmyBeWell.com. And one of the main purposes or one of the most beneficial reasons for working with a dietitian is that you don't just get the education, nutritional education that a dietitian provides, but you also get that level of personal support too, that you can go to somebody with your questions, even if it's not like a a science related question, it could just be like, Hey man, this is how I feel. I noticed this is what's happening. And uh, so like just having people to talk to about it too, can really help with some of the harder like decision-making processes. Bro, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, you know, I know you've seen me say it in the, in the group chat numerous times, but I'm like super thankful for, for, you know, uh, I don't know if it was Riley, the, the, whoever came up with the idea, I just thought it was genius. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you talk about accountability, bro. Like I have uh video footage of like a lot of my workouts and a lot of me talking behind the scenes for the past month and a half, I've just been so busy with work. I haven't had a chance to put it together, but I've really wanted to start my own YouTube channel. I think it'd be awesome specifically for my weight loss, because like you said, it will hold me accountable. I don't think I've ever, I've ever done something that extreme, but lately, you know, with the graphic design stuff and I've been, that I've been doing, I've been getting more and more into video and videography and I have that little, that little camera and I sneak it into the yeah. gym with me. So I, you know, I've been getting video of me on the treadmill, you know, uh, lifting weights whenever I can, you know, I, I, I pick my moments and stuff. I don't want to weird people out or have people like kind of trip out. Like, hey bro, like I don't want to be on your video, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, that was a bad, yeah. like, you know, uh, uh, Southern accent right there. Just some hey, bro, that, I don't hey, want to be on your video, bro. Yeah. But I really do. I have um, 
since we started every week consistently, like at least with most of my workouts and a couple of times during the week, I've been like, you know, and I do have the breakdown. I have to put the breakdown video together because I was like talking about it. I was, I drove to the gym after weighing myself and I was just shocked and I was talking all kinds of crap to the camera, but you know, I did, I have been kind of somewhat, I guess you could say logging. A little yeah. bit, maybe, no, I think you maybe, not with the, maybe not with the food, which is a great idea. And I am going to start doing that. I, I do appreciate that tip because that does, that does make sense. So yeah, yeah man, I, I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you guys. And dude, I appreciate you. Shout out to the, shout out to the inner circle, baby. Shout out to the inner circle, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. Uh, where can folks find you if they want to hear all about your, um, marijuana laced adventures <laughs> with, uh, DJ Century. I am at Casual520. That's K-A-Z-U-A-L 520 all across the board. And we are The Hood Diner uh, on Twitter and The Hood Diner Podcast on Instagram. And you can go to thehooddiner.com and you can also go to Inner Circle PN and you can find us there. InnerCirclePN.com and you can find all the Inner Circle shows, baby. All the Inner Circle shows there. All, all the circle. And make sure you're listening on Podcorn too. Listen on Podcoin, everybody. Podcoin's right. where it's at. Listen to this show on Podcoin. Listen to Hood Diner on Podcoin. Listen to Shit Happens When You Party Naked on Podcoin. Listen to Simmons yeah. and more. Ah, 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 ah. Listen All to right. Hashtag No Offense on Podcoin. Listen to The Plunge on Podcoin. Listen mm. to any pod we'll do on Podcoin. We're yeah. all on Podcoin. We're running that bitch like the motherfucking mob. We're tearing it up there, baby. Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for bringing me on, man. Yeah, man. No, thank you. Um, and I'll, I'll holler at you soon, man. Definitely, definitely. Christina, it was nice to finally meet you and, Likewise. you know, thank you and, and uh, good luck with everything you guys got going on. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right. Hit us if you need anything, bro. Like definitely. if you just want to like run nutrition shit by me, I mean, you got my number so you can always hit me and uh, we can always like chat that shit, bro. I'm, I'm always here for you, man. I know, man. I got a month and a half. I got a month and a half. I'm coming for you guys, man. I feel positive. I'm going to give it my all for the next six weeks. And oh, yeah. yeah. Take out that Wutzke punk. Right? I'm, I'm coming for you, Wutz. He's been in first place too long. <laughs> he has. He has. All right. Peace, brother. Peace, man. Later. Bye. I'm rising out the ashes. Here, way that comes to my face. A giant walking ball of blind love turn to hate. All the feelings always kept me down in dirt turn to rage. Grab a rapper by his head and shred him up like a page. I'm amazing. Like, yeah, he was on 808.